0: Bloomberg Laws brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network, the broker-dealer RIA that's been putting relationships first since 1979. Find out why the industry's most satisfied advisors are head over heels about them. Visit Commonwealth.com. Well, it's a major setback in a seven-year government investigation of rigging in the LIBOR market, and it already seems to be undermining prosecutions of cross-border crimes. The case against former London Rabobank traders Anthony Allen and Anthony Conti was the first time U.S. prosecutors put bankers on trial for manipulating the LIBOR ban. But will it be the last? A jury convicted the men of conspiracy and fraud, but the Second Circuit Court of Appeals has tossed their convictions, saying their Fifth Amendment rights were violated when prosecutors used testimony they were forced to give to a U.K. financial regulator. Two former Deutsche Bank traders are already using the decision to challenge charges against them for LIBOR rigging. Joining us is Professor Peter Henning of Wayne State University Law School. Peter, first tell us about this testimony they were forced to give to the U.K.'s Financial Conduct Authority and how it was used at trial.
1: Well, this is something we're not used to here in the United States, that um, a regulator can force any U.K. citizen to come in and give testimony. The deal, though, is that you then receive immunity from having that testimony used against you. They were required to come in. What ended up happening is the testimony of the two defendants was shown to a cooperating witness, who reviewed their testimony and then testified at their trial in the United States. And in the U.S., if you're given immunity, your testimony can't be used against you. What the Second Circuit said is, this is the same rule. We're going to apply it here as if you were given immunity by the U.S. government. In this case, though, it was given by the Financial Conduct Authority. It's treated as the same and therefore violated their Fifth Amendment rights. Peter, what was the argument the other way? Judge Rakoff uh, upheld these convictions, and I gather he he disagreed with with the appeals court on that issue. Well, certainly on two grounds. First, he said that um, that immunity granted by another jurisdiction doesn't apply in the U.S., but even if it does, the uh, government's key cooperating witness testified that uh, I was not affected by the uh, review of their statements that they gave in um, Great Britain. Now, what the Court of Appeals said was that that didn't hold any water. They disagreed rather strongly with Judge Rakoff, saying uh, you came to the wrong conclusion, that in fact um, his testimony was affected by the immunized statements that the two defendants made and therefore the convictions got reversed.
0: Peter, let's talk about the fallout from this decision, immediate and long-term. Immediately, two former Deutsche Bank traders are already trying to use the decision to challenge charges against them for LIBOR rigging. Is that likely to be successful?
1: Well, only one of the two defendants made a statement to the Financial Conduct Authority, so it will only directly affect his case. And it it's not clear whether that statement was used by investigators or any witnesses in the case. So uh, we're still at a preliminary stage in that case. It's not clear what the impact will be, but it certainly is going to raise a question for prosecutors. Uh, What prosecutors hate to have to deal with is going after someone who has been immunized. And so now, whenever you have one of these situations, they're going to have to be very, very careful about their evidence to make sure they avoid the impact of the immunized testimony. Peter, one other immediate consequence or potential consequence. How about the cooperating witnesses in this case? Um, they uh, testified against Allen and Conti uh, in exchange for and they pleaded guilty. Is that deal, are those deals likely to be scuttled because of this decision? Certainly there's a reasonable chance that they'll challenge them. Now, the Justice Department could refile the charges against Allen and Conti. What the Second Circuit said is that the indictment was tainted by the immunized testimony and therefore dismissed the indictment. The government could reindict. I, 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 that's going to be tough to do because their key witness appears to now be knocked out. Um, if that is, in fact, the case and the Justice Department doesn't refile the charges, I think there's a reasonable chance you'll see that other cooperating witnesses are going to ask to have their uh, guilty pleas canceled, and um, there's a real possibility that everyone related to the Rabobank uh, LIBOR manipulation might be able to escape any criminal prosecution. Civil would be different.
0: So, long term, the U.S. has tried to work with foreign jurisdictions in rooting out criminal behavior. Why has that been difficult, and how could this decision make it more difficult? Well,
1: it's always difficult because um, you, you have different procedures in other countries, and where the real impact of this is going to be, I think, is that the Department of Justice is going to have to look and say, when we work with a foreign regulatory authority or foreign prosecutors, we have to make sure that their procedures work in our system, and so if someone is compelled to come in and give a statement, which is the case throughout much of Europe, that if they're compelled to come in, then that puts their statement and any evidence derived from that at risk in a U.S. prosecution. So the Justice Department, at a minimum, is going to have to be a lot more careful when it works with foreign regulators,
0: Peter, in the UK, eight former traders have been acquitted of criminal charges related to LIBOR. What makes it so difficult to prosecute these cases?
1: Well, in the uh, the Serious Fraud Office has had some issues in its cases. One of the challenges is, and we the procedures are a little bit different, and also the type of proof that is admissible at trial is not as broad as it is in the United States, even though we share a common law background. Um, federal prosecutors in the United States have more freedom to bring in evidence, so it, it has really been a challenge in the U.K. to obtain convictions. and so. Um, There's a fear that defendants can get away with it in the UK, and now with this ruling that the Justice Department may not be able to pursue charges, or at least it's going to be hamstrung in pursuing charges in the future. Peter, just about 30 seconds left, but what would you expect from the Justice Department now? Do you imagine they will ask, say, the full appeals court to review this decision? Um, A very interesting question. Uh, There is certainly a chance, I'm not sure this is a case that'll get to the Supreme Court, but they could ask. The problem for them is the Second Circuit grants a full rehearing before the entire bench about once a year. And so that is a very much of a long shot.
0: As always, thank you for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Professor Peter Henning of Wayne State University Law School. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back Monday at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our producer, Mark Siniscalchi, and our technical director, Chris Tricomi. Coming up next, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. And Carol is here to tell us what's coming up. Yeah, another busy Friday, June. Uh, We've got GE earnings, investors not too happy. We're going to take a look at Airbnb in Mexico, trying to work it out. Confidence back in the art market and CEO perks, pizza, clothes, (laughs) other stuff. I like the clothes part of that. (laughs) You and me both. All right. That's coming up next. Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. You've been listening to Bloomberg Law here on Bloomberg Radio. Have a great weekend, and please join us again on Monday at 1 p.m. for more Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso with Michael Best and Greg Storr. This is Bloomberg.